Hello, my name is Andrew J. Clark, and my co-host is Zach Saichi. We have a great episode with an amazing guest scheduled for next week, but it's taking a little bit longer to get that edit ready, so we wanted to record a fun, quick, guestless episode for you to listen to this week. So today, we talk about acupuncture, being hugged by a dominatrix, pseudoscience, synchronicity and quantum physics, the pathology of extreme opinions, the secretly dark side of Buddhism, and how we all use Twitter to escape. All this and more on episode 23 of The Menu Bar, secretly the sequel to The Secret. Welcome to The Menu Bar, a place to relax, talk tech, and drink. How has your day been, Andrew? Good day. Yeah, I'm still recovering from uh, acupuncture yesterday. That's right. You're, you're doing acupuncture. What's that like? That's a technology. We can talk about it. It's, <laughs> it's an ancient Chinese technology. It is. Uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. The, only, the only familiarity I have with acupuncture is the Matrix. So you're going to have to. You know what? It's not too dissimilar. I did actually keep having that vision of myself like, oh, God, how, how long are these needles? I can't open my eyes and look because that'll freak right. me out too much. Uh, but no, so I went to the doctor and he sort of, you know, bent me around and twisted me into all different shapes just to loosen up muscles and things. And then, and then he just starts fiddling around with these metal sounding things and I can just hear the, feel these little fucking terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying, isn't it? I mean, it's like a, it's like a nine inch nails album cover. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> but then there's just these little pricks like, oh, it's hit a, okay, that's in my hand now. Like, oh, that's in my tendon and my. I can feel my hand sort of throbbing. Like, oh, now there's, oh God, now there's one in my forehead. Okay. All right. This, is this okay? No, it kind of hurts to breathe. Oh, I guess it's okay. And there's just all this internal monologue happening. Yeah. And I started getting just really emotional, like um, a slight feeling of sort of claustrophobia, which I don't get in the sensory deprivation tanks, weirdly. Mm. Well, I mean, you're kind of at the mercy of someone who's sticking freaking needles in you. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's true. You can't move. You can't do anything. This, <laughs> and you've, you not only that, you've like paid for it. Yeah, I know. What, a, what <laughs> an idiot. <laughs> this... Couldn't even get my health insurance to pay for it this time. Yeah. Um... It did bring up a lot of emotions, though. Like, just, just feelings started just sort of welling up and like parts of me would sort of like tense up and Interesting. like like in my in my bottom right sort of of my torso when I'm feeling fearful or very egocentric or my ego is afraid or whatever you want to call it I'll start to like get a little throbbing sort of pressure there and I got that this time yeah so it all, it's almost like it's like bloodletting almost it sort of felt <laughs> like like energy bloodletting <laughs> You know, I think I think everyone should just do bloodletting when when they get yeah, sick. Um, absolutely, get some leeches. Be an anti-vaxer who just blood does bloodletting. <laughs> that's pretty. That's a pretty 2018. Thing yeah, to it worked. It worked for the 16th century pilgrims, and it works for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've covered Reiki healing. We've gone over. We have isolation tanks sort of maybe well um, sort of in in our as yet unreleased episode we had a small yet. chat about it right yeah. um what other what i didn't other... we didn't really hear what you thought about that whole thing well it'd be weird for me to say it now we'll have to wait until that episode <laughs> comes out and then i'll go do an isolation tank uh, then, okay i got you um yeah i totally plan to do it though I, i'm really interested to find out what yeah. the hell that's like um, it's it's kind of cool. I think you'll dig it. I like the idea of doing anything that's close, uh, like as close to doing drugs as possible without actually <laughs> doing drugs. And that's one of those things. It's like because it's a forced situation, right? Yeah. And acupuncture oh. is the same kind of thing, like or like um, I don't know, going to a dominatrix or something. 
<laughs> That's a little extreme. I'm not saying I would do it, but like, yeah, like going no, you through. Try. I think you'd like doing. It. <laughs> It's just nice to be held sometimes. <laughs> Doing something that you just would never, you know, normally never do. And then, like, yeah. you're not at the mercy of this other person. Um, uh, what's a, What else is like that? Like, um, I don't know, chiropractors. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever read up on, like, <clears throat> the history of chiropractors? I can't say I have. I did once, and I'm not even going to get into it because I was terrified. I, you, I used to, <laughs> let's just say, I used to think that it was a legit thing, and then mm-hmm. it, everything I read about its history threw that all into question, and now I just don't want to talk to anybody because everyone I know sees a fucking chiropractor. <laughs> and now I don't know what to think about it. I mean, good things can come from bad places. Like uh, Reiki healing. Or yeah. um, all sorts of Domina- dominatrixes. Dominatrixes. Um, I think. You Have know, you ever seen a sex worker? Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah. I'm pretty sure we can't <laughs> talk about this on the show, Andrew. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> are we sponsored this week? I can't recall. We are sponsored this week. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, we'll put that back in our pocket for later. By uh, saucytime.com. <laughs> Adamandeve.com. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, th- <laughs> <laughs> I'm really throwing you. Where do we even go from here? <laughs> um, good things can come from bad places. Good things can come from bad places. Uh, and I think, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of pseudoscience type things that work for people. Uh, that You know, astrology. Like... How how into astrology are you? I would say I'm interested. You're interested. I fucking hate astrology. And <laughs> and the reason I do is it's the same thing as the argument that I have with you about free will. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, <clears throat> it's I do I just fundamentally think that there's something kind of screwed up about the idea like you are born at this time and mm-hmm. you are this kind of person. And the more you think about, like, if you actually, so a lot of people that really buy into the astrology thing will not do what I'm about to say because mm-hmm. they really kind of want it to be true and they've looked at it. And they, they, But it's kind of a mind trick. Now, if you pretend that you're another sign other than what you are, you're going to find that you match up pretty well <laughs> with just about any one of them. Um, but the such a Virgo thing to say. Right. That's what I, this is the bullshit that you get into. You know. Not I mean and the the stars aren't even aligned the way they were back then and it's still, it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Um at the same time I it, it's one of those map is not the territory things. If it works for you it works for you, but like I think a healthy amount of skepticism in any of these things is uh is a good thing. We've talked about this a little bit that the issue a lot of people in our kind of generational cohort have is excessive skepticism mixed with kind of narcissism. Uh, that's true. Um, like most of the people we know are not in danger of believing in astrology too much. The issue is they believe in nothing other than their own, you know, ego and self-importance. Yeah. But have you ever been around someone who does nothing but bring up astrology? <laughs> it's, it, can, it can get pretty pathological pretty I fast. mean, that does... It, but, but, Everything can be pathological. Yeah, but like the you know the kind of people that are just like these two people cannot be together. You can't <laughs> you can't have two Virgos together. You can't sure. have a Virgo with an Aries because this will happen. It's like actually, 
like you can find a good bad read of any one of them and it's yeah. all yeah like that's what i'm saying it's all kind of just bs i i used to play around with tarot cards quite a bit and i would blow my own mind with all the all of the secrets of the universe i would unlock <laughs> but the truth is that it's all kind of just vague stuff that sort of fits yeah. with pretty much anything that you throw at it and you can scare the shit out of yourself every time you pull the death card <laughs> it's a lot oh god today i knew this would happen i right. knew if i shuffled these cards for long <clears throat> enough i would eventually get this card. but the death can mean it doesn't just necessarily mean a literal death it might mean a metaphorical <laughs> death it might not mean the death of a loved one but a cat do you have a cat you know like it just gets crazy <laughs> like so it won't surprise you to hear that i'm kind of into i ching at the moment i ching you'll have to tell me more about i ching so i ching is a chinese kind of tradition from the book of changes where usually you throw down a bunch of like sticks and stones and rocks and whatnot and you look at which ones overlap and that translates into one of sort of 50 poems basically and they're from this book of changes so it's like you know mountain over fire means tumultuous times are ahead and so i've got this deck of cards i I don't have the rocks and stones and all of that that's all too complex but i do have this deck of cards and each morning on each monday morning i shuffle it up sit down do a bit of yoga uh, and then i just sort of pull out one of these cards Hmm. And I've got no idea if there's any, you know, any foreshadowing to it, but it's kind of like a, like a Rorschach test for your own kind of inner world. Cause it'll talk about something like, you know, the need to sort of stay true to, stay true to what is important. And then that'll be right. kind of in my mind for the week. So it almost doesn't matter if it's sort of prophetic, it kind of becomes prophetic because then you're sort of looking out in the world and noticing that kind of thing. Right. But I find it oddly focusing and kind of kind of helpful almost in the same way that like a raw shot ink test, like the magic isn't in the ink. The magic is in what you see in the ink. So I'll tell you some crazy stuff that I believe that I actually do believe just because it's happened to me. I'm so excited. It's, I mean, so it's happened to me enough that I think there's something to it. And it's one of these things that I feel like eventually someday, like through quantum physics and shit, we'll like figure out how it all works. But, you know, for the moment, you can't prove it scientifically. But this whole, like, idea of synchronicity and mysterious coincidences. Mm -hmm. So when you start, like, projecting something out into the world, uh, whether it's negative or positive or or whatever, um, you'll start to notice that thing, like, pop up over and over again. Or something will just happen that like you'll meet a person and have a conversation and then you'll meet another person and have another conversation and the two conversations are related in a very eerily similar way things like that yeah um that's happened to me many times in my life and i think it happens to everybody but it's like one of these things that we just don't talk about or or articulate like when things are really going well in your life um you tend to it's like it's almost as if you're you're manifesting the things in front of you. Now I want to be careful because this kind of thinking is is actually really dangerous <laughs> because if you if you go down this line of thought of like the power of positive thinking um a lot of people tend to go pretty bonkers with that stuff and uh eliminate <laughs> things like the need for the acceptance of suffering, for example, or like it leads you down this path of like, okay, I'm going to cut out 
all of my friends from my life who are toxic. And it's like, it turns out, well, it's all of them, you know? I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> and I need to stop talking to my family because they're all responsible for this, you know, this person that I am now, and they're all horrible. Um, it can get kind of cultish pretty quickly if you go yeah. down this path of like positive thinking only. And it's actually <laughs> like very opposite of of Zen, right? Or or Buddhism. Yeah. It like a lot of people confuse it. And you'll see a lot of kind of new agey yoga type people that are like, I only want positive things in my life. It's it's yeah, it's not true. There's no fucking such thing as just having positive things in your life. <laughs> and there's certainly never a point in time when there's only positive things going on in the world. You know? But I but that said, I I do think that the mysterious coincidence thing is is real, and I think like it's it's worth paying attention when it feels like you know something has just happened for a reason, like a door just opened and it wasn't there before, you know. And I mean, you can make it even simpler than that, which is that I'm sure we can. That was a long, <laughs> that was a very drawn out rant about. I enjoyed the it. secret. <laughs> the menu bar secretly a sequel to the secret that's right so like i think what people think is that the world is happening out there and they're in here and there is no real link between them like we sort of feel like the world is happening to us i'm just a thing or that for us well actually no yeah two or four simulation theory it's all, it's bear, it's bear all with just, me sir okay okay go on <laughs> you had your 45 seconds um so, like, if you see the world as being this kind of scary thing, which is, you know, either designed for you or is happening to you, and you're kind of a victim or recipient of it, then it sort of makes sense that you would resist the idea that what you put out there will sort of come back because it kind of it kind of violates that selfish kind of principle. Whereas what you're saying is that the attitude you have and the things you're aware of kind of come back in a roundabout way, even if it's yeah. simply that you're noticing it. But that's taking great ownership of that whole situation in a way which, like, I've certainly never liked that idea. I've always wanted to, I've, I've always felt like since I was a teenager, the world is happening to me and I don't like it and I want it to stop and go away. But to kind of acknowledge that I am a thing the world is doing <laughs> and the yeah. world is kind of a thing I'm doing as well because we're in this, you know, virtuous sort of feedback loop. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to be so, hard to be so selfish with that. Well, it's easy to get stuck in either one of those head spaces, too. And the truth of the matter is that I think you kind of need you need both. Like you need to be mm. able to pick yourself up and regardless of whatever like external forces you're afraid of, you know, um, there are certainly things that can happen to you that there's nothing you could possibly do anything about. Like if you. You know, if there if there's gunfire in the street and you're just in the way and you get shot, yeah. Well, there's nothing that you could have done to to change that. But how you feel in that moment, you might have control over that, mm. right? And does that matter? Is it important? I don't know. Is it like it gets even simpler? Like, are you maybe not responsible for gunfire, but are you responsible for how you feel? Yeah, like is how you feel a choice or is that right something you're being subjected to and who who is the you in that sentence right it's it's complicated but i've always felt well I, i'm well every, i've <laughs> i've sometimes felt i have sometimes felt that <laughs> you know it, it you need like fundamental to any 
spiritual kick or new agey whatever kick that anyone is on i the thing i always come back to is like if you don't have acceptance of things you cannot control in there acceptance of suffering specifically then it's just not a complete worldview you're gonna you're going to have like you're gonna have pathology even if you get it right but you're really gonna have pathology if you if you get it that far off where you're just like stuck (laughs) in this and it's such an easy move to make i think because no nobody wants negative shit like you ever meet someone who will only like like they they won't listen to dark music. Like they only will listen <laughs> yeah. to positive music. They won't watch a horror movie. They only will watch comedies, right? Like there's a, there's always... They only want they only want to hear the good news. Yeah, and I always anytime I meet someone like that, I do my very best to counter program them in whatever way possible <laughs> because I think that they are depressed in ways that they don't that they don't necessarily understand. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Simply Safe. It's an alarm system designed by people that obsess over the details. Here's an example. A typical glass break sensor can sometimes get fooled. Sounds like dropped plates or a baby crying can trip the system. But Simply Safe is smarter than that. They constructed a glass break test facility and then ran over 10,000 live glass break simulations. They've refined their detection technology until it's so good it can distinguish between a broken plate and a broken window. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I'd be struggling to tell the difference there. But this is the kind of detail that the guys at Simply Safe have put into everything they do, and it's what really sets them apart from other security companies. Their system is designed so you'll never even notice it, let alone an intruder. You plug it in, set it up, and then you never have to think about it. It's easy and intuitive. They provide 24-7 monitoring with police and fire dispatch, It is the best around-the-clock protection you can find, and you can tell they're confident because, get this, there is no contract. It's $15 a month. Nice and simple. So, if you'd like to try out a Simply Safe security system today, go to simplysafe.com slash menu. And Simply is spelt with two I's. Now, what's also extra nice is that when you order, they'll donate the system to a family in need. So go to simplysafe.com slash menu. Now that the bar is secure, back to the show. I don't know. It, it's you know, it's it's a, it can be kind of a monstrous thing to be mm. the kind of person that only wants to associate with the good. Well, like you say, it's 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 unbalanced. It's a pathology. Well, it can lead to the kind of person that would like see a homeless person on the street and not necessarily feel empathy. Yeah. As crazy as that sounds, like, you know, Ideally, you want to be, you want to, you want to help you, you feel for that person, you want to help them. You may or may not feel that giving them change at this moment will help them. But there's a certain pathology that can happen where you just feel nothing for that person because they are just, that's just negative space over there, has nothing to do with you and what you're on. And if they were able to get into that same point of view of everything, you know, being super positive, no, 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 no. (laughs) Like, there are external forces that really fuck people in life, you know? And you have to, you know, you have to find some kind of acceptance with that, I think. That's something I like about Buddhism is that so in, on like a super surface level, it's like, oh, they're so chill, they're so relaxed, they're doing generous sort of work, it's all about compassion and everyone should hug and blah, blah, blah. You know, it all seems so 
so lovey-dovey, so kind of fuzzy. Balanced, peaceful, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then you kind of, you start learning a little bit more and realize, oh, fuck, this is dark. Like, (laughs) there's a real coldness and darkness in Buddhism, which which makes it feel a bit more real to me. Because like you say, like, it can't be that thing on the surface. Like, I've heard speeches that the Dalai Lama has given where, you know, there'll be the first part of it, which is all the compassion sort of side of it. And then it will sort of dive off into, but, you know, really, no one really exists and void is emptiness <laughs> and emptiness is void and I'm not really anyone, so you shouldn't really even listen to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Where did that come from? You don't hear the Pope, like, saying, oh, no, fuck this, this is all nonsense. <laughs> right. Well, I don't think the Pope would go there. This is very No, different. exactly. Well, maybe the current Pope. He's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he might go for it. <laughs> Can we get him on the bar at the Pope? Yeah, at the Pope. We should get, yeah, we should get the Pope on the bar. Yeah. Yeah, we can do it, man. Dream big. <laughs> oh, I mean, the, the I mean, the the Vatican is probably um, uh, it's been it's like like a hostile takeover from the devil at this point, right? I mean, <laughs> this is the only explanation for this pope being so uh, open to so many so many things. <laughs> I've heard some crazy things from some of my more religious friends, so <laughs> it's just. <laughs> oh, I don't know if we want to get into all that on the, on the <laughs> art technology show. How do you feel about Apple, Andrew? Not dark enough. Too fuzzy. Too fuzzy? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about new products being released next month? <laughs> I am unaware of these products. <laughs> mm. Not even a joke. I've sort of forgotten that that's happening. They don't exist. I think the thing we're talking about through all of that crazy last 20 minutes, and it is mental, we'll see how much of it stays in the episode, <laughs> um, is really we're just talking about balance. Yeah. Like it's this thing over and over that like, you know what, pendulum will swing too far. We've got Trump. We've got craziness. That's still the system doing its thing, um, and the only the only sane way to live Does seems it really to really have to do that though. Does it have to did it go so far? Well, otherwise it's just the pendulum that's just stopped, and then everything <laughs> then everything just sort of ends. I would be so much happier if we could just you know like I don't know like like just just Bush over there right like not doesn't have to go full <laughs> Trump, does it? But apparently it does. Now, talk about synchronicity. Think about every event that sort of had to line up for Trump to get elected. Yeah, no, it is crazy it, to think about. It sure seems like some magic was at work there. Like, some people really wanted that to happen. Well, this God, how, this gosh is, darn, they did. This is the crazy way that people start believing in, like, prophecy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's really easy to take, you know, Book of Revelation and apply it to today. To today. It also mm. would have been really easy 100 years ago. And of course, every hundred years, everyone is saying, no, 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 no. But this time, <laughs> this time it really lines up. <laughs> and it always lines up more than it's ever lined up. And that's just because, well, that's what allegory and myth kind of does. Um, yeah. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> Literalists, don't at me. <clears throat> I love religion, though. That's, you know. Religion's a hell of a thing. Did, you, was, did I, you watch that video I sent you? I've only sent you one video recently. It's the one uh, Guy Ritchie talking uh, to Joe Rogan. About about ownership? Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched it, but I've, I haven't gotten back to it. I fell asleep in the middle of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. But I let's get into you. this. Yeah, yeah. No, he said a, a really great thing that um, he was... I guess we'll link to this in the show notes so people don't have to listen to me explain the whole thing. But Guy Ritchie was talking about how the suit was robbed from us, from from men in particular, where the suit used to be something quite powerful and creative and like a suit of armor you you wear it and you go out into the world and you own that suit you own your identity you own your sort of manhood so to speak 
Um, but then, you know, it sort of became not unfashionable, but it became something you had to wear because the boss is making you wear it and I've got to put on my tie and I've got to go to work and I'm miserable mm, working my mm. office job. So the suit was kind of robbed from sort of male culture. Um, and now, you know, some men are sort of starting to kind of bring it back and realize, oh, it is nice to dress up nice. It is nice to be a gentleman. Right. All of that's kind of an aside. Um, but he, uh, Guy Ritchie, the UK director behind um, various films, Snatch, others, things I can't remember right now. Uh, he talked Snatch about, is the best one. Uh, you know, I haven't actually seen it. Lockstock, very into though. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. But he talked about how religion has kind of taken myth and sort of literalized it in the same way that the businessman literalized the suit. They kind of pulled the magic out of it. So we have thousands of years of, of mythology and the n- narrative and spiritual journeying. That's fascinating. And it all just got kind of squeezed dry. And now we're just hanging around with our friends on, on Twitter and Facebook, kind of <laughs> waiting to see what happens. So is his, is his argument that that religion was never meant to be taken literally in the way that say like a fundamentalist Christian would take the Bible to be literal now. Yeah. They sort of flattened it too much. Whereas mythology, like, you know, if you read some Joseph Campbell and you start learning about kind of the monomyth, this sort of like super duper all encompassing myth structure that every aspect of humanity on every side of the earth sort of reached independently. Yeah. A hero's journey. Exactly. Like, there's a real magic in that. There's a real power. And it's very kind of relevant in a way. But but it sort of got squeezed into something else. Like like the suit. It got made into a formula, almost. The only issue I would take with that is I would say... I would say that, you know, two, three hundred years ago or whatever, there were people who probably believed literally in the Bible. Like, it's hard to say. Like, when they were writing this 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 bonker stuff it could be the bible we could be talking about the egyptians carving hieroglyphics it's really tough to say this is something that historians argue about all the time is this literal like do they actually think this um that was this like were people fucking just stoned off their ass you know are they eating mushrooms what's going on (laughs) yeah then you got the then you got the ancient aliens people and they got their own theories (laughs) (laughs) um or like were these just templates that that were mm. meant to be you know used to try to make sense of reality now but you 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 look at the stuff that's been done in the name of religion and man it sure seems like that they were, they took it pretty darn <laughs> literally <laughs> so um, on the on the other hand we weren't there yeah so all we sort of have is what people said they thought i agree i completely agree that's why i, I go with the ancient alien theory yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Thirty-two minutes, ancient aliens. That's that's slow for us. Usually, it's the first twenty minutes. I mean, there's no other way they could have put up the pyramids. <laughs> there's no other. You're I'm falling. Just, you're okay. falling into that fallacy of thinking uh, human progress is like so linear and like oh, the, those barbarians back then could not possibly. You're falling into the fallacy of not believing in the UFOs. <laughs> now that is a fallacy we can all agree on. <laughs> um. <laughs> How do you feel about the UFOs these days? <laughs> I, I, I can't get away from the UFOs. Honestly, I really can't. <laughs> like they're following me. I, I am just. I'm. I'm not a sucker for it, but I'm a sucker f- for it. 
if that makes any <laughs> sense. Like I'm I'm a total I'm a total skeptic about this stuff, but I mm-hmm. can't stop watching YouTube videos of people fucking, you know, they go to shoot, you, man. Yeah, shooting footage of stupid shit in the sky. You know? <laughs> like and it could be anything. And a lot of it like these days is probably CGI or a drone. Sure. But some of it's awfully interesting. <laughs> you know, like like the stuff that's really interesting is when like there's this YouTube channel called Secure Team 10. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if anyone is familiar with it. It's like a pretty big channel. It's got like 1.5 million subscribers, which I guess isn't that big. But um, they like this guy, I think his name's Tyler. He just does nothing but like upload freaking videos every day of weird stories and i'm pretty sure he watches like the nasa live feed just like all the time he's just always got it got it on like several monitors or something anytime he catches the littlest damn thing um flying off in the distance on a nasa camera Mm -hmm. he put he puts it in one of his videos and some of it's pretty darn weird like you know (laughs) there is nothing that i know of that would you know say enter the atmosphere and you know, take a U-turn and then like shoot off and, you know, uh, straight angle another way. Like it's just, there is some weird stuff. Um, and it is bizarre like that, it, you know, NASA just doesn't comment on it at all. <laughs> you know, our government doesn't comment on it at all. And I, you know, I don't believe necessarily that it's anything. There's all sorts of things it could be. But I, I, it's one of these things I wish that it was taken a, a smidge more seriously because I feel like there's all sorts of stuff that gets observed all the time that we can't explain. Uh, and there probably is something to it. But we kind of toss everything into the same bucket of like, this is just, this is just those crazy, this is that freaking guy on Ancient Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> With the funny hair. So what's funny is hearing you talk about that like like that is that is your tarot or that is my tarot kind of well like yes yes but like like it's the it's the one you, it's the one you've chosen that the, you find the most kind of personal resonance with you could kind of lump that all together in a way okay but here's the difference someone who's super into tarot um that mm-hmm. believes hardcore in tarot um like they might you know, fall off the deep end and say, like, this is absolutely the case. With the alien stuff, it's just something that I'm, like, interested in. But I, there's sure. no bigger skeptic on the planet than me. I <laughs> I'm so, I think all of it is probably bullshit. What, but there are interesting things. Like, yeah. you know, did, did aliens crash at Roswell? I don't freaking know. But something bizarre happened because there's, like, 10 million accounts from people who freaking were around at the time. Um, and some of that could just be hysteria or whatever, but then you look at things like the trillions of dollars that have been missing in the defense budget from like 1998 till, till now, um, trillions and trillions of dollars, you know, I, I saw a count of like $21 trillion that nobody knows where it went, (laughs) like 21 (laughs) apples worth of money, right? (laughs) Rounding error. Yeah. Uh, you know, they better have spaceships. They better have recovered some freaking alien technology. Because if they didn't... Seems, <laughs> seems optimistic, know. Zach. I know, I money, know. Governments can spend a lot of money on nothing. 
I know. I'm not. I'm not huge into the conspiracy stuff, but there's so much weird stuff in history that has definitely happened that yeah. I'm. I'm kind of open to all ideas. Absolutely. Um, and, and more than anything, it's really, really fun. It is fun. This is this is the thing I'm starting to realize about I Ching, tarot, even like meditation in a way. Mm. It's all just kind of it's a it's a fun jam. Like it's just. Like lighting incense and going to a monastery and, you know, like praying to the Shinto gods in Japan, it's just a blast. Yeah. And you don't actually have to take it that seriously. No. Religion is not actually designed to be this tremendously austere, serious, ascetic thing. It can just be kind of like a fun, curious thing to do, you know, a bit like, a bit like you and your YouTube sort of videos. The issue is when people <laughs> dedicate yeah. their life to it and start wearing a foil hat and, again, reach one of those well, pathological states. Well, this is why I hate Alex Jones so much. He really, like, ruined it for all of us. Because, <laughs> I, I, you know, like, conspira- I'm really into conspiracy theories and stuff. And then you got this guy who comes along and he just fucking poisons the water. It's yeah. like, and now, now nobody wants to touch conspiracy theory because <laughs> they don't want to be lumped in with that guy. Um but, you know, still there's been some bizarre stuff that's happened, you know? Like, the CIA yeah. really did have the MK Ultra program, and it really, they really did do experiments on people that were pretty freaking bizarre. And they really did do, you know, have a remote viewing program. Um, uh, Project Stargate, and, like, all this just crazy stuff. Um, and it, yeah. Uh, it, there's, a, there's enough to it that it's interesting. Um... And this is you without doing drugs. Gosh. Oh, I know. I know. I'm freaking terrible. <laughs> um, I, again, I don't buy. I don't buy 99% of it. Uh, yeah. and, and you can tell, like, most of it's crap. But there is enough kind of hidden in history stuff. Oh, the best one. This is the best one. I got one for you. Go for it. Do you know, do you know who Jack Parsons is? Uh, I might. Keep talking. So Jack Parsons uh, created uh, JPL. Uh, Jet Propulsion Labs, which is the precursor to NASA. Okay. Right. So this guy, (laughs) (laughs) you don't hear a lot about him. And and it turns out this guy was into ritual sex magic. (laughs) Okay. This is like this is the father of the freaking space program, essentially, right? And he was into ritual (laughs) sex magic. He was pen pals with Aleister Crowley. Are you familiar with Aleister Crowley? Yes. <laughs> right. Known as like the wickedest man in the world, right? So he's pen pals with Aleister Crowley, and he was friends with uh, freaking L. Ron Hubbard, mm-hmm. who went on to create <laughs> freaking Scientology. Now, when they were friends, um, L. Ron Hubbard, I don't even think he had written a book. Yeah. But like, there's just, you. the more you look into it, the crazier it gets. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons went out into the freaking Nevada desert to perform something called the Babylon Working Ritual, which apparently lasted for over a month, involving all of this crazy ritual sex magic and shit. Um, and this was like in like 1947 that they did this, you know? And it just gets weirder from there. Like, go go look it up. Like, don't take my word for it. It's all true. It's all wow. It's all crazy shit. Ahead of the game. Ritual sex magic is only now entering the mainstream. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just bizarre stuff, and it kind of just gets, you know, looked over in, in history. You know, Nikola Tesla was a weird guy, and it's really only because of uh, 
Elon Musk and naming his car company Tesla that people started to realize who freaking Nikola Tesla was, you know? I read recently that um, the guys on the um, Manhattan Project, they were really into the Vedic scriptures, you know, mm. like the ancient Hindu texts that are like the thousand that were written like a thousand years before you know buddhism sort of got started mm -hmm. and it's all about like in a roundabout way it's all about quantum mechanics it's all about emptiness and nothingness and uncertainty and yeah. kind of how how perception alters the fundamental fabric of reality you know like the heisenberg uncertainty principle and all that kind of thing there's these weird little kind of analogs to that sort of ancient metaphysics right i'm not sure it means anything but man how interesting yeah, no, it's it's when you start really looking into into history and looking in the dark corners of it, there's just there's all <laughs> sorts of weird stuff. And it's not even controversial. It's not even like, you know, it's not debunked. It's stuff that actually happened. And, you know, mm. I'm just saying there's enough weird stuff out there that we should always, you know, I, I don't know. Like, there's so much money <laughs> There's so much money. All I'm just saying, there's just so much money in the in the in government and and all these mega corporations and all this stuff and so many um, vested interests that I would be shocked to know that there weren't some shadow, you know, like uh, <laughs> entities that were trying to control things behind the scenes, They're probably doing a miserable job. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> that's how these things seem to it's work. It's probably like way, way worse than we're ever, you know, you'd ever imagine. It's, you know, they're trying, but they just fail miserably every time. <laughs> that's, that's my assumption. Which, given our conversation about like, you know, like the light and dark kind of need one another, you know, it sort of makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes you get an Obama, sometimes you get a Trump. That's life. Today's chat at the bar is also sponsored by Assembler, Enterprise Cloud Version Control. So here's the thing, you're writing code, you have a team that writes code, and there's nothing more annoying than version control. Well, Assembler makes all that easy and puts it all in the cloud for you. They support Git, Perforce, and Subversion in the cloud, and they're the only source code provider that offers all these solutions. They have project management and code scanning tools built in, don't even have to pay extra for them, and their security is really built for enterprise teams. They're the only source code manager that is SO2 certified and CSA certified. Now, I don't entirely know what those stand for, but I think we can all agree those are some impressive letters. Their solution scales with you from a small team all the way up to the enterprise. And here's a couple of interesting stats they've provided us. Over a million users trust Assembler with their data. They have 1.2 petabytes of managed data. Now, you might not really know how much a petabyte is, but let me tell you, that's a lot of bytes. I'd like you to go to assembler.com and get started for free. Assembler has over 100 years of cloud expertise, and they marry the right architecture with the right provider for your project, your geography, and your needs. They'll start you off with an implementation team, not a pile of PDFs. So to start your free trial, go to assembler.com. Once your trial is complete, you just mention the code MENU to their staff, and you'll get 10% off your first three months of paid service. That's assembler.com for your free trial, and tell them the code MENU for 10% off your first three months of paid service. It's like a secret passcode. Tell them MENU and they'll know you're cool. Our thanks again to Assembler and back to this episode. I do think that aliens would be super tough to cover up. Um, the, the number one thing that gets me about the alien thing is like if they... 
if any of these videos of you know UFOs and stuff are real, and if the there are things that have visited or whatever, it just seems like by now, um, it would be impossible to hide. Like yeah. it just wouldn't be possible. There's too many cameras. There's too much. Like, well, like this guy, the Secure Team Ten guy who watches the NASA live feed. Like, like I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There might be some crazy interdimensional woo-woo going on, and who the hell knows? There, there's enough to it. Like, it's weird enough. Like, someone should be looking at it and investigating it. It's like the Atacama mummy thing. It's just like, yeah. this is weird. Someone should look at it and not just dismiss it out <laughs> of hand because it's bizarre, you know? Um, that's so all I'm I have been I have been reading an article lately um, about controversy about what actually wiped out the dinosaurs. So for a long time, uh, the whole asteroid idea, well, actually, it wasn't for a long time. It took like two years for that idea to be proposed and then kind of formalized in, you know, in students' textbooks. Like it went from conjecture to, all right, here is the scientific fact really quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's this sort of slightly crazy woman in her 70s who has just been beating on this drum for ages saying that it sure, when you look at the fossil record, it sure seems like it wasn't that instant. Uh, and her theory is that it is a series of kind of tremendous volcanic eruptions just mm. kind of poisoned the atmosphere and made everything starve. Mm. And that kind of fits the fossil record reasonably well. You know, and maybe there was an asteroid around that time, but it may not have actually, you know, maybe that tipped the scales over, over you know, over the edge. Um, but it's really interesting how, you know, the scientific community, once it once it decides on something, it becomes really calcified against any kind of, any kind of questioning really bristles at that, which is against the entire idea of science. And yet humans are the ones running the science and they are fallible and full of ego and as flawed as any, you know, <laughs> corrupt minister. We find out new stuff all the time. Look at um, uh, that thing I sent you a while back, uh, Gobeleke Tepe. I'm probably butchering yeah. that. But like, you know, we thought that there were no civilizations past a certain point. It's like we keep finding these civilizations that are older and older. And in fact, had cave drawings and pretty complex megalithic structures and apparently worshipped things and had sacrifice rituals and like the dates for this stuff just keep getting pushed back and back and back and back yeah and then we have these (laughs) anomalous things that are like so old that like scientists are like well maybe we're just dating everything wrong we don't really know you know and they're just trying to (laughs) sweep it under the rug like that's not really there uh there's just you know history history is for the most part it's hidden you know, we don't really know. Yeah. yeah. It's super interesting. And I think. I guess part of it is human nature and the human desire for like a simple narrative. Did I show you the image that I have of, of how the dinosaurs were really wiped out? I think you have. The, 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 let's, the, let's put that in the show notes. The, 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 the earth is actually flat. <laughs> right? And then, an astro- and then Tell an, me more. An asteroid hits like the tip yeah. of the flat earth. And then dinosaurs just fly off. <laughs> like a bad physics simulation in a game. Just sort of right. <laughs> it's like, oh, actually, uh, it's like that game Trespasser. Do you remember Trespasser? No, I'm not familiar with that. Holy cow. So so Trespasser was... Uh, this... Can you please play a game that's been released in the last 20 years? No, I can't. <laughs> the people that know this game will know it. It, okay. was the fir- it was a first-person shooter. This is a fucking crazy game. You should look it up. 
it was a first person shooter that had a crazy physics based engine where you controlled an arm like one arm right it was trying to go for this super realistic um the super realistic feeling mm-hmm. uh and it was based on jurassic park like okay. you were this <clears throat> you were this woman it was, yeah, used the jurassic park license and everything um and you were this woman kind of dr- dropped on this on the island and you're kind of exploring it's almost kind of like mist and there's all these um dinosaurs everywhere and you're you're controlling this one arm weirdly she mysteriously doesn't have a left arm you can't control <laughs> both arms just the one arm and it's so it's so like it's just crazy shit because you're you if you see a gun or something you sort of have to flail the arm using the <laughs> mouse to like you know get it to pick up the the gun oh um surgeon simulator like you you're familiar uh, with yeah. that yeah so the precursor to that was this game trespasser eh? like like how goofy that game is started with this serious attempt at like an arm simulator wow <laughs> right and you're when you grab a gun like this gun is obviously way too big for one arm but she's just <laughs> waving it around it's like <laughs> really spent, early vr yeah and they spent so much time on the physics engine they really really hyped it up and like at the time almost no computer could even run the damn thing <laughs> and so a lot of people thought well maybe this is like a masterpiece but no one's computer can even run it so we'll wait a few years and then a few years later computers were, were got better and people were like no this is actually kind of just <laughs> kind of just a really bad game that was rushed out the now gate. that's a podcast we should we should do like masterpiece or trash with right. Zach and Andrew. I'm not sure I got there, but something about dinosaurs and physics. <laughs> um, just the two came together and I thought, oh, trespasser. Yeah, I get you. I like that. <clears throat> but uh, anyway. The, it, the whole flat earth thing is interesting. The, the little bit no, of... it's not. <laughs> Bear with me, sir. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, no, because I read an article about um, someone who went to a flat earth kind of convention and it's not so much about the flat earth idea. It's more about people who are kind of interested in the nature of knowledge and like what can and can't be proved. Yeah. And like how much, yeah. how much can you bend and contort available evidence in order to sort of fit another idea. Now, a lot of people are like, it's like half joke, half seriousness. But like, isn't that a perfect summary of our time? Um, yeah, kind, kind of. It is interesting. Like, there's, there, there have been authors that have played with the idea of like, what is knowledge? What Plato? Um, what is true? Yeah. Um, Robert Anton Wilson was a guy who, who who played around a lot with these ideas of like, uh, perception is only you know the words that we attach to things and like facts as we know them. Um, it all just comes down to like how you want to measure and how you want to have language. Like mm. you just, we have these agreed upon things, but it's all kind of absurd if you really kind of break it all down. And there's yeah, also I mean, the whole issue with reality and language is that, so we're going to use words in order to describe the world and words are how we sort of are able to really have thoughts kind of in some deep level. But what words are we going to use to describe the words? It's a house of cards. Yeah. And I, um, I I I think that the majority of the hardcore flat earthers I I think are of the spirit that you're talking about. This is actually something that's kind of interesting because it isn't talked about. Um 
a lot of flat earthers don't believe that the earth is flat. It is literally just sort of a um, kind of a masturbatory experiment in what what is knowledge and what can be proved. And could you prove that the earth was flat just yeah. using just using a different set of, of logic? Um, you can't. And it's, <laughs> it's the short version. Judge like, Zach has decreed. <laughs> it, I mean, I've I've heard I've heard these people really, you know, go, yeah, uh, you know. And I actually listened to a three-hour debate one time. Um, I think Art Bell might have hosted it. Yeah, and it, yeah, I've listened to these debates between scientists and flat earthers, and it's kind of fun but like at some point the flat earth person is just kind of like laughing yeah <laughs> you know and they're like you know they they know they're foolish because they kind of and they kind of in on the joke yeah but it is an interesting idea like there was this um there was this episode of waking up with sam harris where he interviewed a very controversial figure jordan peterson mm-hmm. but if you can kind of brush aside the controversy part of Jordan Peterson. This was sort of before he blew up as being such a controversial figure. But they had a debate for like two hours straight um, (laughs) about what truth is, you know, just like what is a fact and what is truth and and like what is nested in what. And it was fascinating because these are two people who have, you know, they're both academics. They both thought very, very hard on these problems. And they literally cannot move on from this like they just they <laughs> they spend they even um had to do a second podcast where they basically <laughs> agreed to just not go there so that they could move on and have you know fur- further along the conversation because neither of them could quite articulate and these are both very smart people regardless yeah. how you might feel about them they're yeah, they're very smart people and Neither one could articulate what about the other one's argument they were yeah. disagreeing with. I mean, they just at, at that point, is it no longer even a logical thing? But it's that like it just the underpinning just kind of feels different to each of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's it, like it, agree it, to disagree. We actually live in different worlds, right? Uh, that stuff. That stuff can be pretty fascinating. I recommend that episode of uh, Waking Up for anyone who wants to hurt themselves check check the show notes i realize <laughs> yeah. we've listed like a dozen things to put in the show notes so buddy you have your work cut out for you oh geez <laughs> i got nothing else to do have we got anything else this yeah. week andrew <laughs> big week <laughs> big week so you're on you're still on twitter i am but you've sort of changed you've really changed tempo recently i have uh there's a lot of really abrupt changes that have happened in my life that i um for reasons that should be kind of obvious to anyone who's read my tweets, uh, I'm probably not going to get too deeply into on the show. Uh, but it's been it's been some painful stuff and very difficult stuff to deal with. And uh, I've just been reevaluating a lot of things, mm-hmm. uh, doing things that I would normally never do, and kind of backing away a little bit from social media. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. I've just been not commenting too much on anything kind of trying to take that um you know we had robin hansen on the show and we were talking about wouldn't it be great if people just didn't necessarily comment on things that they don't know about (laughs) (laughs) that was good like at the the moment i have this sort of sense i don't know anything about anything because i Mm. feel like a big part of my identity 
uh, as a person has kind of just gone, you know? Um, and, uh, this, so this is gonna be confusing for anyone who hasn't read my tweets. <laughs> I'm going, so I'm going through, um, uh, you know, like a divorce and stuff and, it, you know, there's kids involved and stuff like that. I'm not going to get into like the details of it, but yeah, it's just been, it's been a process of rediscovering like who the hell I am in mm. the middle of probably the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with is, is the short of the short, short version. Yeah. But I think it's kind of interesting that that process is just kind of shifting your priorities. And this, like this started in San Jose, really. Kind this of. This is kind of just kind of just a continuation of it or like, you know, a big a big amping up of it, you know, the volume. Yeah, for me for me personally, definitely. I think yeah. um, I've this whole year has been a series of me trying to see if I can do things that I wouldn't normally do. Um, We did 45 episodes of this podcast without ever making a dime. So like when we started, (laughs) when we started to back up again, my whole thing was, can we make money day one? And and then let's see how far we can take that. And now we have sponsors and now we have a very loyal, uh, you know, Patreon base and stuff. And it's like, it just blows my mind. And uh, I, yeah, I've been shifting my priorities and trying to think like, how I can take a lot of these hobbies and things and turn them into, you know, my life, uh, and into things that actually support me and are not just me, uh, you know, talking into the void or whatever. (laughs) And as a, as a result of that, um, I've been, yeah, I've been slowing down on Twitter is what I would say. And a lot of that is what's going on with me personally. And a lot of it is also the climate of the world. I, it's it's so tough to say anything about anything right now, and especially if you if you have a if you disagree a little bit with like the blowing of the winds, like and you don't want no one wants to disagree, <laughs> you know. So like 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 the whole thing with me and kind of empathizing with um, Jack from you know from Twitter, um. And then everyone else in the world thinks he's a monster, Um, Mm. you know, and I think I personally, I still think it's just it's kind of complicated and I don't think it's as simple, you know, and we've talked about this on the show over and over again, like that job is just not actually simple. And, you know, doing these things is not actually simple. That said, he's been pretty freaking tone deaf lately. (laughs) You know, he's really been kind of talking past the whole conversation. Yeah. But. But I only use that as an example because it's like sometimes I just don't think I can I I should necessarily comment on things um, because Mm. things are in such a flux. And do you feel like there is? Yeah. So previously you would comment on all of that stuff. Yeah. So it's almost like you're just sort of learning a bit of restraint almost and that you actually yeah, that, don't need a butt in and say blah 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 about that I, yeah I, I it's it, the the need to have a hot take about things <laughs> is yeah. drifting i still definitely will do it occasionally sure. um you know because it's fun sometimes <laughs> to have a hot take but i don't even when i do it it's like i will literally call it a hot take it's like it's just funny at that point you know yeah um well, you're at your best when you're talking about things you really care about, where you find it just really fascinating and kind of kind of help yourself. Yeah. But you spent yeah. a lot of the last 10 years just kind of filling time and sort of, you know, using that all true. of that stuff as a distraction, as, as have I and as have all of us, really. 
Well, I, I've used uh, Twitter as an escape. And, and what, what has been great about Twitter for me is that it's been an outlet that, you know, you don't have to blog. You don't have to put in a lot of energy. You can just sort of take these little thoughts and put them out there. And then, oh, shit, 10 years later, it's like, oh, I know this guy named Andrew, and we're doing a podcast together. <laughs> I have all these friends online who I, you know, who I've gotten to know personally. And also the world has imploded. <laughs> <You know? laughs> gotta take the good, gotta take the bad. And it's so confusing. It's it all so confusing. Yeah. I just realized something, which is that, so we're going to be in Hawaii in two weeks. Right. Like two weeks from, I guess, tomorrow we'll be there. That's crazy. To, that's crazy to think about. We're going to be together in Hawaii. This and this is going to be the first time we really properly hang out together. Uh-huh. And so now, after five years, we'll find out if we're really friends. Oh, geez. When we put it that way, it's so much pressure, <laughs> Andrew. It's like finding out, is this person that I've been talking to online, am I really in love with them? Yeah. Uh- <laughs> I say yes. I, I say I've spent enough time around you, dude, that I'm pretty <laughs> sure we're actually like just friends. I think our, I think I think it'll work. I think the biggest yeah, barrier that we've had is honestly the fact that we just haven't had the opportunity to hang out more, you know, or totally. I've always been busy with something. And it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be nice to just take a minute, you know, and go on my first real vacation. Absolutely. Uh, with you. It's going to be it's going to be a blast. Yeah, it'll be quite freaking interesting. I'm looking forward to the alien scenery and. <laughs> <laughs> all these weird colors like blue which you haven't seen much of yeah the greatest thing about like just looking at pictures of hawaii is it looks like it looks like the ending scene from contact like it just looks like this alien <laughs> it looks like the this alien world that doesn't really exist but it's it's actually right here on earth kind of accurate though yeah that's how it feels to me yeah and i've heard that i've heard that you know so we're gonna have a bowl it'll we'll <laughs> We'll have to record a show while we're there, and we'll have to oh, do a absolutely. Sh- we'll have to do a show after, and uh, and after that, even we'll have to just keep doing the show, Andrew, <laughs> forever and ever, <laughs> forever and ever. Eh, I'm Until, game. Yeah, I mean, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>